gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast. I'm your host G2. This is episode 111, which is entitled Disgust. And ladies and gentlemen, I am disgusted. Um, This week, there was nothing but disgust when I looked at the news, but I'll get to that in a minute. I want to read you off the National Food Days of the Week before I get to the topics. Um, Today being January the 29th, it is Corn Chip Day. Uh, Tomorrow, January 30th, the last day of January, is Croissant Day. February 1st, it is Cake Pops Day as well as Baked Alaska Day, and also Dark Chocolate Day. February the 2nd, Tater Tot Day. Also, it's Groundhog Day. February the 3rd, Carrot Cake Day. And to bring it home, February the 4th, it is Homemade Soup Day, as well as Stuffed Mushroom Day. Now, before I get into the shootings that basically took over from last Sunday to basically yesterday on Saturday, I want to talk about update on the Ukraine war um, it seems that the Germans and the United States are going to be sending tanks over to the Ukraine. Uh, I'm happy for them because they're going to need it. Um, there was an article written by NPR where a NPR uh, interviewer, Mary Lewis uh, Kelly, spoke with a historian and former officer of the British Army, uh, Anthony Beaver, to discuss the legacy of the tanks and how basically it's evolved until right now, and he talked about the importance of tanks during warfare, and she asked him a question on how the newly pledged uh, tanks from the German side and the Americans could impact the war in the Ukraine. He would say, well, the whole advantage of the tanks is that so many other countries in Europe have the Leopard tank, and therefore there is less problem over spare parts, ammunition, resupply, and all the rest of it, and of course is a very, very good tank, but I mean, frankly, there isn't the number. They need more quality, well, quantity. Basically, they are talking about 300. They might get 200 with luck, which would be sort of roughly the equivalent of a proper armored division. Many of them are, in, especially the ones coming from Germany, have basically been sort of sitting around, in many cases, waiting for proper repairs. This is really one of the problems. Europe especially has been sheltering under the American umbrella and has simply allowed its military situation to deteriorate drastically over the years. It could be a game changer. It all depends on timing, and even a certain number will certainly help. Because what they're expecting and why Zelensky is so desperate to have the tanks is they know perfectly well that Putin is going to launch a major spring offensive as soon as the ground dries. And for that, they need to be ready. But there is a fundamental proxy here. And this comes back to the beginning of the war, when the killing and the destruction of all the Russian tanks as they advanced on Kiev, right at the beginning made everybody, even military commentator at the time, say, right, well, this proves that the era of the tank is over, but we all are seeing, should we say, a slight U-turn in the attitudes of tank in warfare. So he's basically just said, okay, the Germans and Americans are sending tanks over to the Ukraines. Hopefully, they'll get a good number. They said they're supposed to get 300, but if they get 200 by luck, that's still a good armored uh, attack for the Ukraine to have for their defenses against the 
Russians as they plan on thinking that the Russians are going to be attacking them in the spring. At least that's what uh, this guy is saying. And uh, you know what? I hope the Ukrainians do get all the tanks that they need because, again, this whole war is stupid to me. This whole thing is dumb. I just want Putin to let go of this whole uh, gripe that he has with the Ukraine government. Hopefully him and Zelensky could talk this out and they could end this whole thing uh, sooner rather than later. But from me just reading that, I don't think they're planning on uh, ending this sooner. At least Putin isn't going to be ending this soon. Now moving on to the shootings that happened basically around the world. I want to start with the states first. Last Sunday, people in California were celebrating the Lunar um, New Year for the Asian Americans or the Asian community. And for some reason, a 72-year-old man went into this California dance studio and he shot up the studio and 10 people ended up dying and 10 people ended up getting wounded. But the 72-year-old man, he was on the run until police got close to him. He ended up taking his own life. And it's just so weird to me, why would a 72-year-old man want to do that? And again, it's the funny thing. It's not funny funny, but it's just something that makes you think. You don't think that it'll be your own kind doing this to you, at least for the Asian community like that. That community, again, I have to say this, two years ago when it started coming on the radar and America started really getting like information that Asian Americans were starting getting beat up on in the States. I remember saying at that time, yo, this is weird that the Asian Americans are getting beat up on. Cause I don't remember in my young life when I was a kid hearing about Asian Americans getting beat up on in the States as much as we're starting to get to hear about it now. I know at that time they were getting blamed for the whole COVID-19 situation. So that's the reason why they got a whole lot of hate towards them. But now COVID is still around, but it isn't as prevalent, prevalent as it was like in 2020, 2021. But now it'd be in 2023. Why would a 72 year old man who is of the Asian community want to kill up his own people. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, they'll never ever get a motive for right now. They haven't gotten a motive as of this recording. They still don't have a motive for why the man did what he did, but they said they're uh, investigating it, but it's just still so weird that you hear about that, that a 72-year-old would shoot up a party. You would think probably like, what, a 40-something, 30-something, 50-something, if tops, 60s, 70s, 80s, though mugs are in the house sitting down what was this guy doing out at 72 wanted to shoot up something i don't get it i don't ever think i will get it but that wasn't the only shooting that we got california witnessed another one uh monday they had another shooting and this was at a farm where a guy killed four individuals as this comes from the associated press um the man's name is chun Li zhao he worked at a California mushroom farm, and they say Monday he killed uh, four co-workers and wounded a fifth one at California Terra Garden. Then the prosecutors will say Mr. Zhao then drove to a nearby farm where he used to work and killed three more people. Zhao, who 66, told KNTV in a courthouse interview Thursday that he committed the fatal shootings because he was bullied and worked long hours on the farm and that his complaints were ignored, the station reported. Zhao's attorney did not immediately respond to a phone message seeking comment. 
Zhao spoke in Mandarin with the TV station reporter during a 15-minute interview at a county jail in Redwood City. Zhao said he has been in the States for 11 years and has a green card. He said he has a 40-year-old daughter in China and lived with his wife in Half Moon Bay. Zhao told the station he bought the gun used in the killings in 2021 and didn't run into any obstacles when making the purchase. He was planning to turn himself in to the authorities when he was spotted by deputies who arrested him on Monday. So this is his reasoning for why he did what he did. But again, this is all still weird. I understand you being upset because nobody uh, answers your complaints or you might get fed up because people are bullying you and all this type of stuff. But my dog, go off and work somewhere else don't take these people's lives man because in the end you're only hurting yourself because right now you're inside of a jail cell you're in jail these people are dead they'll never be able to see their family again so you're hurting their family as well but you're in jail you ultimately just really hurt yourself you're in a jail cell you're not able to be with your wife you're not able to be with your daughter that's over in china she's 40 years old nevertheless but you're not able to have the like those uh, steady communications with your relatives that you were able to do on the outside, but now you're on the inside. So uh, I don't know what to say about this. I understand being upset because you're getting bullied and your stuff is not from uh, whoever your boss is, isn't like answering your complaints, but killing your coworkers, I don't think I could co-sign that. I just can't. I can't. Then we had another shooting on Monday, and it was in Iowa. As this comes from NBC News, police charged second teenager in Iowa's school shooting that killed two teenagers. As the article would read, authorities on Friday charged a second teenager with murder in the shooting deaths of two students at Des Moines Educational Program. Brevon Michael Turks, 19 of Des Moines, faces two counts of first-degree murder, one count of attempted murder, and one count of criminal gang participation. The charges matched those filed earlier in the week against Preston Walls, 18, who was accused of fatally shooting the two teenagers' students at the Starts Right Here education program Monday and wounding the program's founder. Police said evidence shows Turks communicated with Walls before and immediately after the shooting and drove the vehicle in which Walls allegedly fled. Turks and Walls are members of the same gang and committed the shootings in connection with that gang membership, police said in a news release. Police said they recovered four firearms during their investigation. Online court records did not indicate whether Turks had an attorney yet who could speak on his behalf. The shooting left 18-year-old Gianni Dameron and 16-year-old Rashard Carr dead. Will Keeps, a former Chicago gang member who moved to Des Moines and later founded the program to help at-risk youth was seriously wounded and remains in a hospital. Police have said all four teens were gang members, but relatives and friends of Gianni and Carr dispute that, saying they were not involved in gangs and were close friends who were dedicated to their families. Police say the shooting was premeditated and that Walls, who was on supervised release for a weapons charge last year, cut off an ankle monitor 16 minutes beforehand. Court documents say he had a concealed semi-automatic hand gun with a high-capacity extended magazine when he entered a common area of starts right here and opened fire. After reading that, I think I should throw out a little knowledge here. Anybody that's going to be getting in a gang, or you are thinking about being interested into just 
getting into one. Here's the deal. Getting in a gang is one of those hard things to do. I remember, like, in middle school, like, they had us sit down, they showed us videos, and they had, like, a former gang member come in and talk to us about uh, getting in a gang and all this type of crap, how difficult it is. You got to get jumped in or you got to perform an execution on somebody. They talked about that kind of stuff, which I kind of already knew before because I watch movies and movies kind of tell you a little bit about reality and some of the movies aspects but i knew what uh the man was talking about here i want to say this if you are thinking about getting in the gang just know you're going to get jumped in that means that everybody in that said gang is going to beat you up and start like trancing you just to make sure that you're tough and you're not a weakling and then secondly probably your ultimate initiation into the gang is probably taking somebody's life let me tell you something it's not worth it do not do any of that you don't have to be in a gang I understand certain people are in a bad neighborhood and they think that's the only way to survive is to be clicked up with a gang. No, don't do that. I guarantee you that it's not going to end well for you because a lot of people now are being arrested because a lot of people don't realize that one, technology is on you at all times. There are cameras everywhere. You're carrying a uh, tracking device on you with your iPhones or any type of cell phone that you have on you, unless it's a flip phone. And even then, I think cops got smarter to that, and even a flip phone could be, still be tracked too. So you're still carrying a tracking device on you anywhere you go. So if you decide to do any type of crime, just know you are being surveilled, and you could be arrested for that. And just wonder to yourself, do you have it in you to actually survive jail? Do you have it in you to survive all that type of stuff? Because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people in these gangs that do not have it in them to survive jail. They will be snitching on their other uh, people inside said gang. And even then, when you snitch, guess what? You are putting yourself in bigger risk. Because guess what? The gang won't know that you snitch. People will know that you snitch. You'll be labeled as a rat. And guess what? Your life is in more danger when you do that. So I'm just telling you right now, stay out of <sighs> gang activity. That's all I'm trying to get here with that article right here. And also, this shooting shouldn't have happened. Again, young kids doing something stupid to just be initiated to a gang. It's not necessary. It's not needed. This whole thing could have been prevented. So, again, please, if you're thinking about getting a gang, please think about what your life is going to look like just in case if you get busted. No, matter of fact, scratch that just in case when you get busted because you're going to get busted. Let's be all honest here. On to another shooting that happened Friday uh, from CNN, The World. At least seven people dead in Jerusalem synagogue attack, Israel police say. Tensions in Israel and the Palestinian territories remain high after Friday's shooting, which police chief describes as one of the worst terror attacks in the past years. The shooter in that attack was also later killed by police forces, according to police. Two people were wounded in a separate shooting attack on Saturday in the city of David area of Jerusalem, according to police and ambulance services. The victim, one is in his 20s and another is in his 40s or 50s, were taken to the trauma unit of the Shari Zedek Medical Center, the police said. Well, the hospital said. In a statement, the police said the shooting suspect was neutralized after a large police force was called to the scene. The incident is being treated as a suspected terror attack, according to a preliminary report issued by Jerusalem police. The police chief would say as a result of the shooting attack, the death of seven civilians was determined and three others were injured with additional degrees of injury.
Five of the shooting victims were pronounced dead at the scene. Emergency Rescue Service said four men and a woman, five people were transported to hospitals where another man and woman were declared dead. Among the wounded is a 15-year-old boy. In the article, they would say the attack occurred at 8.15 p.m. local time on Friday near a synagogue. The police chief would say that the gunman started shooting at anyone that was in his way. He got in his car and started a shooting spree with a pistol at short range. He then fled the scene in a vehicle and was killed after a shootout with police forces. So that just shows you that shooting just didn't occur in the States. It happened over there in Jerusalem as well. This is ridiculous how much shooting is constantly going around, and I mean rapidly and rampantly happening. And that wouldn't be the end of it. Just yesterday, on Saturday, it would report that at least three were dead and four were wounded in a shooting in an upscale Benedict uh, Canyon area of LA. Still California, they're still getting shootings. As this come from... LA Times, as it would report, three people were killed inside of a vehicle on the street and four were wounded outside. A law enforcement uh, source told the Times the suspect or suspects remain at large, at least at this time of this recording. LAPD Sergeant Bruce Borhan said the property involved was a short-term rental home and that there was a gathering going on at the time. We called it a gathering until we can interview some of the people that were here to determine exactly what kind of gathering it was, he told reporters at the scene. He said the attack was not random. Neighbors reported seeing several cars driving away from the shooting scene within minutes of the gunfire. Los Angeles Fire Department officials responded to the shooting at 2.55 a.m. in the 2700 block of Ellison Drive, a street of large hillside homes north of Beverly Hills. Los Angeles police were also on the scene. Few details were immediately available, but police said the wounded were taken to local hospitals. A coroner official said around 10 a.m. that investigators were still at the scene and they had not yet identified the victims. The entire block was cornered off with crime scene tape early Saturday and multiple LAPD vehicles were on the scene. LAPD forensic scientists are on the scene scoring for evidence. So again, ladies and gentlemen, this is what the fourth or fifth shooting that happened on the news it at least made the news i know uh this just happened what yesterday so expect on abc cbs nbc all that stuff on monday morning to hear more details about it because more than likely they're going to get people from their big agencies to go over there and talk to police police uh aides and police uh officials to see what type of information they can get and they'll report it back to you on monday and if not, more than likely, I will give you guys some type of information uh, next uh, Sunday if anything does come out like big type of information. But again, I just want to keep you guys aware shooting is prevalent, is constantly happening. And uh, just text the ones that you love. Always text them. Let them know that you love them. Don't take any uh, moments for granted, because you, again, you don't know whenever uh, somebody's going to be leaving off this planet, especially with shootings happening uh, this rampant as it did this past week. Now onto a topic that's close to my neck of the woods. It's about Alex Murdoch. Alex Murdoch's trial has officially began this week. They picked out jurors to be in his uh, whole murder trial, and now his actual trial did begin, and this has come from People. And the title of the article is, Cop Says Alex Murdoch Had No Visible Blood on Him After Killings, but might have changed clothes. In Alec Murdoch's trial on Friday, new details emerge about what may have happened immediately following the shooting deaths of Murdoch's wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, in 2021. 
Murdoch's lawyer told the court that Murdoch had given the authorities permission to search his entire estate in the Islandton, South Carolina, after the double murder, implying that a guilty person would not do such a thing. He also emphasized that Murdoch had no blood on himself when cops arrived at the house. During cross-examination, Alex's lawyer asked Detective Laura Rutland he didn't look like someone who had just been within feats of blowing Paul's head off, right? Rutland said in response, I can't say that. There are so many factors that you would have to take into account. When Rutland was asked whether Murdoch could have just changed his clothes after the alleged slaying, she answered in the affirmative, he's sweating and they're dry. So I say yes. She said according to various news outlets, she testified that she saw no bloody fingerprints anywhere near the bodies. Murdoch's legal team also said he had tried to turn his son's body over to check his pulse. And that's that from that article. Now, throughout this week, well, technically from Thursday and Friday, they will be talking about Alex Murdoch and they will play the audio whenever he talked to detectives or investigators, one of the two that came to the crime scene where his wife and his son had passed away. And he told them that he, well, more specifically, his son has been uh, getting threats, Paul uh, Murdoch, the one that got killed, he has been guiding some type of threats because of a boating accident that happened in 2019 that left a Mallory Beach dead. And I even talked about that, what, I believe a year ago on this pod. And I thought personally that, yo, the Beach family probably has something to do with it or somebody along the Beach family that knew the girl because uh, Paul Murdoch, I believe he went, not to jail, but he went to court. He got some type of less charge. He didn't like serve any like jail, jail time. So I thought, okay, this is the family's opportunity to get back at uh, Pearl, Paul Murdoch since Alex Murdoch's whole like family is nothing but like lawyers and people that know people in high uh, places in South Carolina. I thought, okay, since they knew that the legal system would be rigged over to the side of the Murdoch family of that magnitude, why not take the law into your own hands and it comes to find out that nobody from the beach family did anything to uh paul murdoch or alex murdoch's wife they're all now saying that alex murdoch is the alleged killer of his son and his wife now again i thought it was the beach family i apologize for it and i'll say it again i'm sorry to the beach family i thought it was you guys and i will constantly say that if i even meet you guys in person i will apologize to you guys in your face um but yeah, right now, Alex Murdoch's doing his trial. Um, they say it should be lasting another three weeks before they get anything like of any type of uh, God verdict or anything for Alex Murdoch. Hopefully, they do what they got to do. If the evidence gets presented right, they'll find Alex Murdoch guilty. If there is evidence that he didn't do it, they find him not guilty. Whatever the case is, it is what it is, but it's not going to bring back the wife and son. Those two are complete victims in this whole situation and again i just hope that they find whatever they find and whatever the verdict is i will be waiting here i'll be looking at the evidence when it comes in i'll be looking at the summary from court date from day to day just like i'm doing with every other thing that's important and you guys hear me uh give updates about it i will give you guys exactly updates about this uh alex murdoch situation as the weeks go by now on to pure nastiness, and I mean pure nastiness at its finest, and you know what I'm talking about if you guys have been paying attention this week. We're talking about Tyree Nichols here, the death of Tyree Nichols. Uh, Tyree Nichols, 
Uh, he got arrested on January the 7th, but he ended up dying in the hospital um, on January 10th, literally three days later, because of five Memphis police officers brutally terrorizing and beating up on this guy to the point that he dies in the hospital three days later. Now, the Memphis uh, city or whoever they are, the city of Memphis, sorry, the city of Memphis would release the videos from body cam videos from three of the officers and one footage camera from a pole that had like video on it. Um, they were released that Friday afternoon and I watched all four of the videos. The first video shows uh, Nichols being pulled out of his car and multiple officers just hounding him to the point that they grab him, put him on the ground. They say, stop resisting. He isn't resisting, but you guys got to remember when you guys are all just holding on to somebody, somebody's in a fight or flight stance in situation in this type of uh, situation. Whenever you're holed up and just being grabbed up on people, your whole body starts getting tense and you can't really move yourself that well. And one of the officers uh, tased him, well, shot him with the taser, but he took off running and he was able to get the taser off of him. That happened in the first video. The second video is the video that's um, was no audio and it comes from a pole camera video. And again, no audio, but you see the officers grab Mr. Nichols. He's already on the ground at this point. They got like two or three officers already got Mr. Nichols on the ground. And then you start seeing this is where the brutalizing of Mr. Nichols come into play because on this camera footage, you get to see the whole thing play out. And I'm about to just list off the attacks that were on Mr. Nichols. Uh, first off, he got kneed in the stomach. The second thing that happened to him, he got kicked in the face twice while he was on the ground being held down. The third thing that happened was an officer comes in with a baton and starts hitting him in the legs four times. The fourth thing that happened was Mr. Nichols gets punched. And I mean, just squared decked in the face five times. And then the fifth thing that happened was Mr. Nichols getting kicked in his stomach while he's on the ground, still being held down. All this is happening to Mr. Nichols. And as you're watching this, or if you do happen to watch it, just know that it is graphic. You're going to feel like, why did these people are doing this? And you're just wondering why. These animals, these five degenerates, I can't even call them men. I can't even call them nothing. These are just straight up degenerate animals. These are hooligans. These are thieves. These are just everything under the sun that's not just good. They completely just killed this guy. They brutalized him to the point that he gets handcuffed after the fact that they get done brutalizing him. And then they like sit him up next to one of their unidentified police cars they like literally just like postures him up and at one point you see like one of the officers go up to him with a flashlight and have their phone out and it looks like they take a photo of him now this is all from the second video the third video comes from the officer who actually hit mr nichols with the baton so you get to see that interaction all from his angle and then the fourth video comes from the officer who tackled uh, Mr. Nichols in the residential neighborhood, and you can hear the officers talking about Mr. Nichols after they get done beating him up and all that type of stuff. 
saying that Mr. Nichols must be high. And they're talking about from their first incident when they uh, tased him the first time and he ran off. Ladies and gentlemen, these four videos are, again, highly, highly uh, graphic. I do want to warn you, it is disturbing. And if you have a weak stomach, I would not suggest you guys to watch those videos. Um, I, I, I don't even think it's right at all that these five guys are even living to be honest with you i'm just gonna i don't i don't understand it i don't get it i don't get it by the way i have not said these five monsters names and i'm gonna say them now uh you got Tadarius bean you got demetrius haley you got emmett martin the third you got desmond miles jr and you got justin smith they were all booked in the shelby County Jail in Memphis on Thursday on a variety of charges, including second-degree murder, official misconduct, official oppression, and aggravated kidnapping. Ladies and gentlemen, this whole thing was over nothing. Let me tell you the reason why they said they pulled over Mr. Nichols. They said they pulled him over was because of reckless driving. Reckless driving. Ladies and gentlemen, reckless driving does not lead to a man getting his ass beat that way. I mean, this man got his ass beat. This ain't but beat, and I'm sorry for even cursing like this, but in this instance, this requires it. Because if you were to see how this man got brutalized, you would really question what the hell is going on with law enforcement as a whole. I'm not even talking about white anymore because these were all black men attacking a black man. Just straight up being real. This man got his ass beat by five officers that were of his own skin complexion that know how hard it is for to be a black man in America. But somehow they think because they are hiding behind that damn badge, they were able to get off with this scot-free. I don't understand what went through their mind when they did this. I don't get it. I don't understand none of it. I think the whole police system needs restructuring. Matter of fact, I don't even want to sound like that because that sounds like PC wordage. I think the whole police academy, I think the whole police uh, situation needs to be brought down. And if anything, it needs to start right back over literally start right back over. I think there needs to be IQ test. I think there needs to be personal background, digging into people's background to see if they were bullied as kids, what neighborhoods they grew up in, how their father and mother's situations were. I think a lot of tests need to be performed on these police officers constantly because you know what? This ass whooping should not have happened. This shouldn't have. I mean, by God. Five of your own, five black men beating up and giving a ass beating to a, another black man. You guys were holding him down. You guys kicked him, punched him, kneed him, hit him with batons, even pepper sprayed him to the point that you guys keep on saying, yo, sit still, don't move. Motherfucker, you just pepper spray somebody in the face and you tell somebody not to move. Dog, in the first video, an officer gets pepper sprayed, apparently. Because I don't see it happening, but you just start seeing him go off to one of the other officers and tell you, hey, yo, go in my car and grab my water bottle and pour the water into my eye. And he was doing that about a good three, four, five times. 
saying, you know, pour the water into my eye. And every time he just couldn't do it, he just had to get his shirt and rub it off of his, the water out of his eye after the fact. I mean, dog, what are we doing here? This was insane. I was waiting for that video to drop all Friday, straight up, because they were constantly teasing and saying, we're, we're going to release it. We're going to release it. We're going to release it. Then when it drops, I watch it, and I say, oh, my God, what is up with this? They first, let me just say this. When they first get to Mr. Nichols, the first video that plays from video one, you're going to see my man just get pulled and yanked out by officers who already are ready to do something because their body language, the way they're talking to someone, I mean, they were ready to just do something to Mr. Nichols off top. And I don't understand the reason why. Because you say reckless driving? What are we doing? You don't whip your gun out and start ready to start getting at somebody and everything over because some reckless driving. You have cars literally in front of him, beside him, behind him. You have this man literally packed in and you guys are aggressive than a mug. What is this? I don't. I don't get it. I truly don't get it. And then you see the videos happening. You see him run. You see them. The next thing to have, they tackle him down. You see all the beatings that this guy is getting over reckless driving. At least that's what they say they pulled him over for. Get out of here. Get out of here. These five monsters need to be put down. I don't care what it is. They need to be put down. This was completely ridiculous. Again, I don't suggest anybody watching that video, but boy, if you haven't seen that video, you'll feel the exact same way that I do and say, yo, these guys need to be put down. I don't understand it. I don't understand how, yo, they're even around now after a video has been like released to the people. I don't understand it, but hey, it is what it is. I'm not in control of that, but this was sickening. And I can understand everybody from the FBI director saying they were appalled by the video uh, from the President Joe Biden giving off his condolences to the family and even uh, the chief of saying that this video is straight up horrendous and reckless and inhumane. She would say this is just a professional failing. This is a failing of basic humanity towards another individual. They failed our community, and they failed the Nichols family. This is beyond regrettable. I mean, this whole thing was disgusting. I mean, if there's only one good thing to come out of this thing, and I mean only one good thing to come out of this thing is that you're able to see the difference in how a situation happens with a white cop and a situation that happens with a black cop. And I hate to make it racy, but boy, I got to do it. This week, this stuff comes out about this with Mr. Nichols and the backlash that we all know is going to happen. The video is going to play all this type of stuff. And I mean, you start hearing everybody coming out from the FBI to the president to the chief of police. I mean, I've been calling for police officers to stand up and basically go against their own whenever one of their owns have a big F up like this. I've been saying that for some time now whenever there's always a police screwing up. And usually the police always give out some written statement and they always give it out to the news so the news will have to read it. You never really hear about police 
uh, sheriffs or somebody that's a high-ranking police officer coming out and having to denounce what a fellow officer did. It's a real rarity whenever that stuff happens. But for this one, when it's five black officers beating up on a black man, yes, I mean, you start calling it out. You start getting everybody saying they're appalled and blah, blah, blah. They start bringing off every bad name here, which is rightfully so. But we got to keep that same energy when a white cop does this to someone else. We got to do this when a Hispanic cop does it to someone else. Anybody of any other uh, race do that to another person. If you're in a high position of power like a police officer, you have to keep that exact same energy. But somehow, when it's always black people, we always get demonized and everything else. And once again, I'm not making any excuse for these five bastards. I'm not making any excuse for them at all. These Five are complete heathens, they are juveniles, they are degenerates that just had a badge to cover up for their bad uh, mentality, their bad attitude for this night in this situation. I mean, I'm not covering up for any of that. I mean, pile on the names for these five, pile it on. But when it comes down to everybody else, keep that exact same energy. Have police officers come out and denounce what those officers did. Have the FBI come out and denounce what that person done. Have the president come out and say, yo, that wasn't cool, that wasn't right. Do all of that, the exact same way that we have here. Do that with those situations. And then, guess what? Everybody will be saying, okay, everybody's on the same exact playing field. But for me, the way that the news and everybody else plays this thing, black people, we always get the bad card, we always get looked at as demonized and everything else. But again, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing in this instance because these five monsters are demons. Completely. Reckless driving did not need for a man to die. Mr. Nichols did not need to die. If anything, you should have just got him. Ayo, here's a ticket for this and that, blah, 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 for the reckless driving, quote, unquote, if there was one, because guess what? I don't hear nothing about, oh, Mr. Nichols supposedly have killed somebody for reckless driving or whatever the case may be. If it was reckless driving, what are you talking about? This was no such thing as that. What also made this thing worse is whenever you hear the audio and you watch the footage and you see him get his butt beat before they really start putting it on him, you start hearing him call out for, for his mother. And that hits me hard because I'm a mother's boy. I constantly say that. I love my mom to death. And just to think about him calling out his mother is reminiscent of George Floyd calling out his mom whenever he was dying. George Floyd was calling out his mom before he passed away. He was dying. Mr. Nichols here, he was calling out for his mom, and what made it worse was that his mother's house wasn't so far from where this accident, well, not accident, because accident means, oh, my bad. No, from this murder happened. No, her house was about, what, two minutes away, I believe? And it's just deplorable how someone can get killed just wanting to go home. I mean, this this is disgusting. This is complete nonsense. I don't know how any lawyer that's going to be defending these officers are going to really stand by them, to be honest with you. I know there's going to be a lawyer that's going to try to do whatever they can to try to get one of their clients off with a lesser sentence because they already start doing it now with one of the... Uh, one of these five monsters lawyers, I believe, is I don't know who it is. I'm not even going to try to even say which one. But one of the lawyers said that, yo, the video shows this snap, but my client 
had nothing to do with this or he played a lesser part in this. Let me say this to you guys once again. If I happen to join somebody and we go off to somebody's house and they commit a murder, guess what? I am literally accessory to that murder. Or they will plant me with murdering that person as well for just being there with those people. What are we talking about here? These five are all legit murderers. All five of them. No matter what role they played, all five of them were murderers because guess what? Somebody could have stopped that ass-whooping for happening. Somebody could have stopped it, but nobody did. That's the one thing when you see this video. I mean, people could have stopped the beating, but nobody did. Just to see somebody get kicked to the face, kicked in the stomach, punched, kneed, and hit with a baton? Come on, dog. This wasn't needed. I hope all five of these guys go underneath the jail. I truly mean that with all my heart. I mean that's with all sincerity. I hope all five of these guys go underneath the jail. But there'll be a court date for this. And guess what? When the court date happens, guess what? I'm going to be talking about it. Because again, this was disgusting. This wasn't supposed to happen. This shouldn't have happened over supposed reckless driving. Over supposed reckless driving. I don't believe that, but yeah. Uh, I want to give my condolences to the Nichols family. I know they're dealing with this uh, situation way more now because the video evidence has come out and now everybody's going to be able to see what happened to their son and they're going to get a whole lot of condolences. They already gotten it so far, but I'm talking about they're going to get a lot more. They're going to have to see this on everybody's uh, news from ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox. I mean, all the news outlets are going to be playing the videos. They're going to be editing it it to a point that what they can't show on television but they're going to be seeing it on tv people are going to be talking about it left and right i mean they're not going to be able to get away from this uh situation and they're going to have to be dealing with this for a long period of time and i think people forget this when it comes down to parents and children the children are supposed to be burying the parents the parents are never ever supposed to be burying the children and for them they have to bury their own child now that is cold. That is something no parent ever thinks they want to deal with. There are they everything they will ever have to deal with, but this is a real reality that the Nichols family are faced with. They have to now bury their son because of five dumbass monsters not just handcuffing their kid or giving the man a ticket for reckless driving. Jesus. Anywho, uh I want to give my condolences to the Nichols family. I will keep my eye on this case as well as more information comes out in due time. Now on to more uh, criminal activity that was recorded. And this is what, again, I'm talking about police officers not doing their job. This was the Paul Pelosi uh, situation. Paul Pelosi's uh, attack, they now have released video footage of the intruder getting into his house, David the Pape, uh, getting into Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi's house. He breaks into their house with the hammer. He goes up to their room. Paul Pelosi talks about how the man was standing over him, waiting for his wife, asking him, where's Nancy? He told him that Nancy isn't here. The man said, wait for her. All in all, body camera footage comes out. You see the police look at Paul Pelosi and David both holding uh, David's hammer that he used to get inside the house. 
And you just see David having both hands on the hammer. Paul Pelosi having one hand on the hammer, one hand on his drink. The police officer's looking at them and asking what's going on. And they ask uh, David to put the freaking hammer down. And he tells him, no, I'm not going to do that. And as soon as he says this, you see, like, uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband, like, move away a little bit. He likes to let go of the hammer, and then you just see David just quickly try to hit Paul Pelosi in the head, and he does hit Paul Pelosi in the head. You don't see the actual action of him hitting it. You just see him, like, lunging at Paul Pelosi with the hammer, and you can already tell that he hit him because we know the ending result. There was no taser in sight here. No gun in sight here. This was nothing but friendly conversation of a, hey, what's going on? And then drop the hammer. Nope. And then swinging. Where was the taser? Where was the gun? This is what I'm saying. White people, and I don't mean to make this racy again, but damn it, we are living in America. It is what it is. The video is, is evidence of it. White individuals, they get away with these things. What are we doing here? It doesn't matter if you are white, black, Hispanic, Middle Eastern, uh, Oriental. Don't mean to say it like that if you're Asian, Japanese, all that type of stuff. So please, uh, I want to apologize if I just disrespect anybody with that right there. But you get my drift here. It doesn't matter what skin tone you are. If you are seeing a dangerous situation with anybody of any skin color, tone, you jump into action. You don't just wait there like your hands in your pocket. That's the way that this whole situation went down to me because we all know what happened at the end with Paul Pelosi getting popped in the head with the hammer. We all know what happened at the end, but just to see the video footage which led up to them getting bashed in the head, you would think, yo, why didn't the gun, why didn't the officer pull a gun out, a taser, anything out, lunge to him as soon as he sees this action happening? No, nothing. This thing was a complete mess. And it just happens to prove one point whenever white is the offender, they're going to do nothing. They do nothing. They act like it's a normal situation until something really bad happens. And even then, it's still a nothing situation. And this was disgusting. Just even think about that. Because, again, we all know what happened to Paul Pelosi. He gets popped in the head. He gets found in the pool of his own blood. He has to go to the hospital. Nancy Pelosi has to find out about this. This was not a good situation for anybody. I mean... Ew, just to see the video of it, it's disgusting. Police officers do better. Police force do better. Everyone in anybody's police force do better. If you happen to see a dangerous situation, jump in and handle that. You guys literally, that's your job to protect and serve. Literally, that's your job. You walk up on a scene like that, you get your ass in there, you jump in and you do something. You don't stand there. Get in there. Do something. God bless. Nancy Pelosi says she's not going to watch any of that video because you wonder why she's dealing with the effects of it even now, I guarantee you. So why would she want to see the video of her husband getting bopped in the head with a hammer? I wouldn't want to do that. If I somebody tell me, hey, yo, dog, you want to see the video of your uh, spouse or your loved one getting bashed? No. I'm living with the effect of it now. I have to help get this person back on their feet and all this type of stuff. Why would I want to see the video of what happened to them? No. We all know it shouldn't have happened, and just now, the public's just going to see it now and know that, yo, officers are garbage. Straight up. There needs to be some better office 
certain type training. There needs to be better police training. I'm standing by what I said. All officers need to take some type of test. Take tests, and I mean people need to look into these officers' background to see what's up with them. Seriously. Because this, this situation, the Mr. Nichols situation, should not have happened. There was ways that this thing could have been stopped, but as you can tell from both instances, in the end, it did not get stopped. It just happened. So, again, I want police officers to be tested every single year, and before they even get on the force, look into their background to know who you are actually hiring. Don't just believe whatever they put on a piece of paper. No, look into their background as you're supposed to do. Now, off to more nastiness, as it's come from Complex, as the article title would read, Youth Pastor and Hospital Director Among 46 Arrested in Sex Trafficking Ring Bust. As the article would state, 46 men, including a youth pastor and a hospital operations director, have been arrested as part of a bust on a sex trafficking ring in North Texas, per the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Federal authorities announced that two hospitals in Fresco were used in the bust, which resulted in the arrest of 46 men across just two days. Law enforcement added that sex trafficking remains a big problem in Texas, and there's been extensive efforts to crack down on continued activity in the state. While the names of those arrested were not released, among those detained was a high school teacher, a youth pastor, a volunteer firefighter, a director of operations at a hospital, and a semi-pro hockey player. Thwarting sex trafficking is one of our agency's top priorities, one that every law enforcement officer that has a role on the HSI, Dallas Lead, North Texas Trafficking Task Force, takes seriously, said Lester R. Hayes Jr., HSI, Dallas Special Agent in Charge. By targeting those involved in this crime, we hope to disrupt this activity and provide assistance to human trafficking victims by getting them connected to the advocates and resources they need. The bus is among the greatest in recent history. The victims of this heinous crimes are treated like commodities used to make as much money as possible as quickly as possible, said Tarrant County Sheriff Bill Wayborn in a news release. Those who traffic victims or the Scrooge of the Earth, and we will continue to target those responsible for trafficking and those who solicitate sex from them. So, I did not know what to read about this or how to think about this. Well, I knew how to think about it. It was nastiness at its, well, finest. I always say at its finest, but I do really mean this one. At its finest, when you think about the people that's usually involved in sex trafficking on the movies, they always got it like underground, sketchy-looking people. But the people that were arrested here was a high school teacher, a youth pastor, a volunteer firefighter, a director of operations at a hospital, and a semi-pro hockey player, and probably some more other, like, casual people, too. But, like, think about it. Just naming that off right there. A high school teacher, someone that is literally surrounded by teenage uh, people, a youth pastor who is supposed to be giving guidance to teenagers and almost pre-teens, a volunteer firefighter who's supposed to be going out there and just basically saving people from any type of danger that calls upon a firefighter's activity. I don't know what they really do. I know they're supposed to be fighting fires. That's what the name's all about, but you get my drift. This article right here is just plain nasty. I'm glad that the police were actually able to stop this, at least in this part right here, but they said it's a big part of a big ring that happens not just in uh, Dallas, but all out Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Metropolis, 
or Metroplex area. I don't know what that is because I'm not in Dallas or in, in Texas, but I would think that's a big uh, coverage of space and big coverage of land. And what they're trying to say is that this is just one part of a drug bus here. That's all I'm reading at at this point with this. And it's just nastiness. Two hotels they use for the bus. Come on, dog. Come on. People got to be absolutely smarter than this. People have to be smarter than this. I'm not saying uh, the police have to be smarter than this. I'm talking about people that are actually doing the whole sex trafficking thing. You guys got to be smarter than this, bud. You guys can't be trying to solicitate things for people like that. This is not legal over here in America. Sex trafficking and all this type of stuff is not legal. First of all, sex trafficking should not even be legal nowhere in the whole entire world. It should be anybody's body, their choice if they want to sell their body for sex. Let's just make that perfectly clear. But you just taking somebody and making them basically your prostitute or something like that, that is not fair. That's not cool. That's not right in any shape, form, or fashion at all. It's just that when you think of people that are in these type of operations, you don't think of a teacher, well, a high school teacher. You don't think of a youth pastor. At least I don't. But then again, I'm not in this world of people to be in the know of who is going to be in that circle. Now, those are the most easiest way to get people to basically follow your orders because you already have those connections with those people. If you are a teacher or if you are a youth pastor or if you have anything to do with any type of community with teenagers or even preteens, those are your easy connections to grabbing people and making them go and follow you and do what you say because you're already having that built uh, previous connection with them. So I can see how a teacher and a youth pastor will be a part of this and have easy access to facilitate individuals to join in in this sex trafficking ring. I can see how this, those two type of things are actually able to make people join in on it. I don't like it, but it's just a pure fact of it. I want adults to be aware, please. Be aware of who your kids or your teenagers or your preteens are around, the teachers uh, that you're dropping them off to, the activities, places that you're dropping them off to, who's in charge of these places. Because again, ladies and gentlemen, as you just heard me read off the uh, titles who these people were, these people that you're dropping your kids off to and your teenagers and your preteens, they could be some nasty, foul individuals that could be trying to lead your kid down a wrong path. And I don't want that to happen to anybody's kids. I just want to throw that out there to you. So that's the reason why I put this right in this uh, episode. So please know who you are dropping your kids off to and know uh, who they are. That's basically what I'm trying to get at here. Now onto a new update from the teacher that got shot by the six-year-old. Does this come from the Associated Press? As the title will read, Lawyer, Warnings Boy Had Gun Ignored Before He Shot Teacher. Concerned staff warned administrators at a Virginia elementary school three times that a six-year-old boy had a gun and was threatening other students in the hours before he shot and wounded a teacher, but the administration was paralyzed by apathy and didn't call police. Remove the boy from class or lock down the school, the wounded teacher's lawyer said Wednesday. Later in the day, the school board voted to fire school district superintendent George Parker III as part of a separation agreement that will pay Parker a little over $502,000 in severance two years of his current base salary of $251,000. Parker has been 
sharply criticized by parents and teachers since the January 6th shooting. The attorney for Abigail Warner said during a news conference that she has notified the school board in Newport News that the 25-year-old teacher at Rich Neck Elementary School plans to sue the school district over the shooting, which left Warner with serious injuries. On that day, over the course of a few hours, three different times, three times, school administration was warned by concerned teachers and employees that the boy had a gun on him at the school and was threatening people, but the administration could not be bothered, her attorney said. She said that Warner first went to an administrator at around 11.15 a.m. on the day of the shooting and said the boy had threatened to beat up another child, but no action was taken. About an hour later, another teacher went to an administrator and said she had taken it upon herself to search the boy's bag, book bag, but warned that she thought the boy had put the gun in his pocket before going outside for recess, the attorney said. The administrator downplayed the report from the teacher and the possibility of a gun, saying, and I quote, Well, he has little pockets, the attorney said. Shortly after 1 p.m., another teacher told an administrator that a different student who was crying and fearful said the boy showed him the gun during recess and threatened to shoot him if he told anyone. Again, no action was taken, she said. When another employee who had heard the boy might have a gun asked an administrator to search the boy, he was turned down, the attorney said. He was told to wait the situation out because the school day was almost over, the attorney said. About an hour later, Abby Warner was shot in front of those horrified kids and the school and community are living the nightmare, all because the school administration failed to act, the attorney said. Now, continue on in the article, they would put out the school district spokesperson, Michelle Price, declined to comment since the school uh, division investigation is ongoing. I cannot comment on the statements presented by Ms. Warner's lawyer at this time, Price wrote in an email. The shooting raised questions over security at the school and stunned Newport News. Okay, cool. So it's all understanding that, yo, she can't say nothing because the school district is investigating what is what did happen, what didn't happen. I get that she couldn't say nothing. However, if this comes out to be true that the administration was warned literally three times on three different occasions of somebody having a gun there and they did nothing. This tells you right here, the school system is completely just down in hell. I'm just going to be blunt with you. I'm not even trying to even sugarcoat it. How can you, as a teacher, be told that, hey, yo, a student has a gun, and then you guys have to go to the administration to say, hey, yo, what type of action can we take? Um, I'm pretty sure if you're told that somebody has a gun, you go over there, you search to figure out what class he's in, first and foremost, he or she is in, let me make that perfectly clear, and then you go over and look into their stuff. To be damned, the school policy, because now you have to look after children as a whole entity. You don't just look at the school's uh, policy, the school rules in these situations. You play that consequence literally after the fact, because how many school shootings has happened within 2020 and the 2010s and even the 2000s? How many school shootings have happened? It seems like it's almost on a normal routine now, the way that school shootings have happened. It's crazy when you think about it, but it is what it is. So if I was a person employed by a school 
And you mean to tell me that, hey, yo, there's somebody that has a gun here. I'm going to run up there and I'm going to have to just, yo, find out what class they're in and try to pull them out, pull their stuff out and just see if they got a gun on them or whatever. Because guess what? You have to put the safety of the children in front of everybody before you think about some stupid policy. Because, again, there's a 50% chance you're right, 50% chance you're wrong. But you always got to go with the 50% chance that you might be right and that somebody might have a gun on them. And then guess what? You got to look at it. And then guess what? The only thing you got to do is apologize after the fact if you're wrong. You apologize for it. And then you write out a letter and everything else. Because guess what? The public understands why somebody has to be looked at for a gun. Yes, people might not like it at first, but once they hear your reasoning and everything else, the public will understand. There's no such thing as, oh, we don't understand. Oh, no. How many kids have lost their lives now that, guess what, if you get any inkling or if you even hear about, hey, yo, this kid or somebody has a gun on them, guess what? A teacher should run into action and be like, all right, let's check it out. Let's look into it. Let's do it now instead of trying to wait. It just baffles me because this one right here, I already read it earlier, but I'll say it again. Shortly after 1 p.m., another teacher told an administrator that a different student who was crying and fearful said the boy showed him the gun during recess and threatened to shoot him if he told anyone. Again, no action was taken. And now this is what the lawyer said. That's crazy alone. Just that alone right there makes you just say, why didn't somebody step in off that alone of a student crying and being fearful? Saying that the boy showed him the gun, you got to take action off that alone. You got to run off and do that. You don't run off to the administrator to figure anything out. No, you take action there. And again, you apologize if you're wrong after the fact. That's what adults and that's what people in positions of power, they do. Because guess what? When you don't apologize, it makes the thing worse than it was when you actually did apologize. Because guess what? An apology can smooth things over really quickly instead of not apologizing to people. Trust me. Apologize when you're wrong. Don't just hold on to your grip and not apologize. No, apologize when you're wrong because it will smooth things over. And if it doesn't smooth anything over at the beginning, trust me, that apology actually does smooth things over and people will remember the apology effect. Trust me, they will. But I can see this school district being hit with a big, massive lawsuit by the teacher because she ultimately got shot. And in the end, that's what happened. And also, I have a question. If this boy said, don't tell anyone, I'm just questioning things here. The boy's six years old. Now, I thought about this throughout the week, and I thought to myself, you know what? Kids are smarter than when I was a kid growing up. Because kids are able to get on iPads, get on laptops, get on anything to find things that they want. If they want to find some type of candy, trust me, they can type it up. They might not know their ABCs all the way, but trust me, they know how to get to what they want. I've seen it personally with my own eyes. Kids are smarter now than when I was as a kid. So I'm not doubting the fact that this kid allegedly said that to the other kid. I don't doubt that. It's just, it's just mind-blowing when you think of a child brilling, like bringing a gun to a school, telling another child, hey, yo, don't you say anything. And the kid just crying about it, not saying nothing. And it's, it's crazy to me. I can't really wrap my head around it, but 
more information is coming out week by week, as you guys have previously heard from me before. And I'll say it again, as more details come out, I will be coming back on this pod and giving you guys more up-to-date information about this. Because again, this one I'm really interested in because this is the first time I've ever heard of a six-year-old bringing a gun and he's shooting a teacher and allegedly he knew what he was doing. And now the school district, allegedly they knew about it from three different occasions. This whole thing is weird. It's nuts. It's crazy when people really start to really look into it deeply. It's nuts. But again, more information will come out as weeks will come, and I will be bringing it to you on this uh, broadcast. Now on to the next update, and it's TJ Holmes and Amy Robach. They are now out of ABC, as this comes from TMZ. They were informed Friday, as it would read, ABC tells staffers about exit, a distraction for so many of us. TJ Holmes and Amy Robach are officially out at ABC, As TMZ first told everyone Friday, the network has filled in its entire staff on the decision to let them go. In a company-wide email sent Friday and obtained by TMZ, I told you TMZ somehow got rats everywhere, ABC News President Kim Godwin told staffers, I want to share with you that we reached a decision about TJ and Amy. It then includes the statement the network sent wide minutes later after several productive conversations with Amy Robach and TJ Holmes about different options. We all agreed it's best for everyone that they move on from ABC News. We recognize their talent and commitment over the years and are thankful for their contributions. Godwin informs employees that a decision as to who will co-anchor GMA3 and 2020 will come at a later date. She concludes by saying, I know that this has been a distraction for so many of us, but let's not forget all the great work that continues to make ABC News the number one news network in America. And that's because of you. I want to thank you again for your patience and professionalism during this time. Now, further along in the report, they would say that TJ and Amy did come to an excellent agreement after an extremely contentious uh, mediation that they went through Thursday night into Friday morning, and both were given compensation packages. Uh, ABC made it clear the couple did not handle their romance the right way, waiting too long to disclose it to higher-ups, and that their behavior on set was uncomfortable to some staffers. ABC also accused Robach of having liquor in her dressing room. Bottles, TMZ were told, were gifted by ABC honchos and being drunk after attending the National College Football Championship game. Uh, one staffer tells TMZ they got what they deserve. It didn't help that they had few friends in the building to go to bat for either of them. That's just pure hate. I ain't going to hold you. That's just pure hate. Reading all that, that was hatred. Somebody in ABC did not like those two just being together. Again, they were consenting adults. Now, as I said before, I don't mix pleasure and business, meaning I do not crap where I eat. I do not want to try to date somebody that's I'm working with, I understand the motto for that whole business. I understand it because everything can get and will get messy whenever the breakup happens or people will start feeling, uh, if you're not in that relationship, the people around it will feel like, okay, this is getting too uncomfortable, which it shouldn't because you're not in that relationship. But I digress here. I find that people were just hating on this and whatever they did personally, that's just what they did personally. Again, it's. It would have been fine if they were just suspended off top, just off rip as soon as it first happened. But ABC put out a memo 
their head put out a memo saying, hey, yo, they did nothing wrong. Uh, right now, we're not going to suspend them or anything. But then come to find out a couple of days later, wham, they get suspended. So now apparently somebody in the higher ups had to talk to somebody and say, no, we're going to suspend them because we're not liking what the optics could look for us. So the firing of TJ and Amy, or people might not say the firing, the exiting of Amy and TJ leaving ABC, this, I hope it doesn't kill their uh, TV anchoring careers. I really don't hope it kills it because it would just be wrong. Because again, it was two consenting adults. Yes, they had spouses, but TJ, he left his wife. At least that's what has been said uh, on his side. And then the wife has come out saying no. And then you hear about the divorce papers come out later after the whole photos come out of Amy and TJ uh, being together in like public. It's just a mess in that front. And I feel that ABC did not know how to deal with it personally, because that's news. And you would think CBS, NBC, CNN, all the other uh, news, uh, your competition, even Fox are going to be talking about this situation. And somehow your own company can't really talk about it because these are two people that you're paying on your network. How are we going to talk about this or how are we going to skip side dance around it? And when you're in the news, you don't you don't like to hide behind things. I took a news class in my uh, like first year of going to my transfer college, and I had a professor, and she talked about how she was friends with a different newscaster who worked a competition of the exact same station that she was on. And she talked about how, yes, he was a friend. He ended up doing something stupid, but we had to cover it. And she ended up talking to him, and then he, she smoothed it out, say, hey, I had to talk about it. You know how this thing goes. And he said, yeah, I'm not mad with you because I know that you, it's part of the business. It's part of the gig. So I think ABC felt that way since these are our news anchors, and we have Michael Strahan, Robin Roberts, George Stephanopoulos, David Muir. Like, these are the people that are the top heads of ABC, at least in ranking when it comes down to the news front, how are we going to talk about this when we can't really talk about it? How do we how do we find some type of ground to talk about it? And in the end, they just didn't. They just end up removing ABC and TJ. Again, to me, I don't feel that it was the right way to handle it personally, but again, I'm not in those executive shoes. And they got to answer to somebody. So it is what it is. I hope that they're news career isn't done. I mean, let's think about it. If Bill O'Reilly can find a freaking job somewhere, I'm pretty sure TJ and Amy Robach should be able to find a job somewhere in the news uh, situation. And I mean, if Cuomo could find a job and he helped his brother out when his brother was dealing with some uh, accusations of being a touchy, uh, nasty dude, and Cuomo was able to find a job in a news uh, situation, I'm pretty sure TJ and Amy shouldn't have no problems. I think we're going to see them off TV for at least a good couple months before they pop up in another station, but that's just my whole thinking. Probably CNN, maybe, or if not CNN, uh, probably NBC. Those would be my two other guesses. So to conclude this topic, Amy Robot, TJ Holmes, out of ABC, I do want to know one thing, though. How much money are they getting out of their compensation packet? 
I do want to know that. I mean, it'll probably come to light probably months later or weeks later after this. But that's one thing I do want to know. I know Matt Lauer, he had to go get his. He had to go fight for his with a lawyer and everything else. And they ended up telling how much he ended up getting, or at least a ballpark figure. I do want to know how much these two got, especially since it was a consenting. And I got to state that over and over again. A consenting relationship between two adults here. I do want to know how much money they got out of their uh, exit package. Now, with all that being said, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. I do want to remind you guys that two more weeks, ladies and gentlemen, it is Valentine's Day. Again, two weeks, Valentine's Day. If you have no idea what you're doing, create something for your loved one. Do some arts and crafts. Make a poem. Do something like that. Buy flowers if you have it in your budget. Uh, make a meal. Get a date. What I mean by get a date, I mean like create a date. Like go out in a restaurant go to the beach if you're around the beach wise or go on some type of uh date with your fiance your husband your wife your partner your spouse your boyfriend girlfriend whoever you're in a relationship with go out and do those type of things go ahead and just do that and if you don't have the money to do it be inside the house create a meal if you guys want to do that with each other just do something with one another to express your love for each other and i understand valentine's day is like the corporate uh day for everybody to try to get their money up and try to just show off on instagram and social media don't do that take that day for you two just to show each other that you guys love one another and that you guys are devoted to each other that's what valentine's day is at least in my eyes so uh, again two more weeks valentine's day hope you guys have something planned for your significant others now for the ones that are single hey just let that be a regular day or just go out there and be adventurous try to swipe left or right on all these uh dating apps and just go out on a date with someone just see what could happen but always be safe okay now with that out of the way i want to thank you guys the listeners that download the episode every week i want to thank uh the podcast stations that have me up here because without both the podcast stations and the listeners i would be nothing it would just be a guy just talking into a void of air and uh i appreciate everybody that downloads the episodes and i appreciate all the podcast stations now always remember i love you i love you i love you I do love you all. I thank everybody for downloading episodes again, all the podcast stations. I hope you guys tune in to my uh, next Sunday episode. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I always drop every Sunday. And if you are a wrestling fan, uh, I do have my uh, Roy Rumble review of the Roy Rumble that happened last night. It should be up right now. But if it's not, check within another couple minutes, it should be up. But nevertheless, I always try to get both the Sunday episode and the pay-per-view episode always on the exact same time so they can just be downloaded simultaneously on everybody's uh, devices. But again, check it out. If you guys are a wrestling fan and you do enjoy wrestling, do listen to it. If not, just disregard it. Uh, With that being said, I hope you guys have a great Sunday. Please be careful. I hope you guys have a great week. Please start your week all right. Be courteous. Be kind to everyone. Don't be a dick. Love your neighbor. Love uh, your family. And remember, life is too short. You might not always have time to say I love you to the ones that uh, you truly do care about. So always tell that person that you love. Tell them that you love them every single day that you get the opportunity to, okay? 
Now, with that being said, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. He is I and I am him. I have been G2. This has been my Two Cents Podcast. I love you all. I thank you. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.